Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a good week. Mine was a bit chaotic. (laughs) For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that I was at Craig and Austin's live show. It was their first ever live event. It was in DC, their pillows and beer tour or whatever it is. Actually, I think that's the name of their podcast. But it was so insanely chaotic. I definitely go into more detail during my conversation with my guest, Megan Rooney. So stay tuned. (laughs) I hope you enjoy my recap. I was still trying to pull the pieces together. I was trying to take notes on my notes app on my phone because so many chaotic things were happening, but they also didn't let you record or take video. So I didn't also want to have my phone visibly out because there was security actually going around and telling people to put their phones away. So anyways, (laughs) I tried to do my best boots on the ground for all of you. Of course, uh, it has been a week, but people are still talking about the situation that happened at the Oscars between Will Smith and Chris Rock. And I don't know about you guys, but it very much reminds me of season was it five uh, Potomac between Candace and Monique, the fight that they had and how people just felt so strongly about their positions and were so intense about them. And it just reminds me of that, especially because, you know, when Monique went after Candace, I at least didn't think it was after what Candace said that day, but it was about things that she had said in the past to Monique that all kind of built up. And I feel like that's the same with with Will Smith and Chris Rock. It wasn't just that one joke. It was a series of things that had been said and joked about um, leading up to it. But I'm not going to go into that. I just feel like there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> and I, I maintain um, that I find it interesting, I don't know if that's the right word, but to see how so many people can witness the same thing and have such varied takes on it. And and that's why I love Housewives. I feel like we're all watching something and people just feel very differently about it. And a lot of it has to do with your own life experience. And that kind of makes you who you are and colors how you see the world. And I feel like it's so clear, especially with the Real Housewives of New Jersey. There are just people who, no matter what Teresa says or does, will defend her. And I can't quite understand the reasoning behind that. I don't know if it's like Teresa is their favorite sports team and they are just ride or die till the end. Like the Minnesota Vikings they're not that great all the time, but I cheer for them year after year. I cheer for them when I know that they are not going to win. I cheer for them when they have crappy people on their team who I think are bad human beings. I always cheer. So that's the only, it's <laughs> the only way I can make sense of Teresa's stands because while she is incredible television, I just can't get behind her behavior and 
Of course, I'll keep watching it. I like watching her on TV, but that doesn't mean I think she's like right all the time. Anyway, I thought how she treated, you know, Tracy and Margaret and everyone just going after them and it's fine if she could take it herself, but she can't. She only can dish it. And she absolutely freaks out when she's asked any question whatsoever. And I thought it was so funny that she thinks that Margaret is the one putting these stories out there. And if Margaret didn't bring it up on camera, no one would be discussing it. It's like, who, where, what planet do you live on? These stories are out there, as Margaret pointed out, because Louis has exes who claim that he was abusive with them. And that's, that's scary stuff. And I don't know. I, I feel like we should be taking that more seriously, but I also understand that she hasn't maybe had that experience with him and doesn't want, you know, wants to keep the past in the past. I also was very moved by Jackie's story um, and conversation with her psychotherapist uh, this week. I talk about it a bit with my guests, but it's just, it was so moving to see her open up about something that so many people are ashamed about and don't want to talk about their disordered eating. It was it was beautiful to see her talk about it, to see her come home and talk to her husband about it, to hear from him how it affected his life and their life and their family's life. And I just wish and I hope and I pray that she is finding healing and is getting towards a healthier place. I know it's a lifelong um, recovery, but I think, you know, one thing she said that resonated with me is that she was so upset that she had acted as if she had been over it, as if she had recovered when she really hadn't. And I think that's a very understandable position to be in. A lot of people who struggle with depression or anxiety or substance use disorder, you know, there are slip ups, there are times where you relapse and you know, you're telling everyone you're okay, but but you're not. And I think it's, you know, it's very important to be able to ask for help and and to receive it. So, you know, kudos to Jackie for opening up about something that the audience kind of had seen as more obvious uh, over the past four years that she's been on the franchise. But it was sort of like the elephant in the room. And um, I'm glad that she started talking about the elephant because hopefully people who are watching can see, you know what, there is a path forward. Recovery is an option and, um, you know, that they're not the only one struggling. So my heart goes out to anyone who struggled with eating disorders, disordered eating, um, anything like that. I'm sure it was a bit triggering to watch and to listen to this week's episode of, of Jersey. All right. So I didn't get a chance to talk about the Real Housewives of the OC with my guest. So I'm just going to share a few brief thoughts I actually really liked this episode. I know some people didn't, but I found it really fascinating. I um, started to change my opinion about some of the women. So they go to this beautiful house in Aspen. There's, of course, crazy drama with the rooms. I don't understand why Heather would even try to get a nice room in this place. She lives such a privileged existence 
her like daily life in her home is probably bigger than this home. So why would she need the nicest room? Like, can't she let someone like Gina have a nicer room? You know, someone who doesn't get to live like that every day. Anyways, Noella, of course, is <laughs> makes an inappropriate comment saying, well, you know, my dad did just die. Not like I'm going to pull rank. <laughs> it's just like so uncomfortable for everyone. Then the women go upstairs to get IV drips and supplemental oxygen, and they're also drinking during this, which makes no sense. (laughs) I mean, oh my goodness. There was an article that came out, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was in the Washington Post, maybe a few months back, about how concierge IVs are a bad idea. Um, At best, they do nothing. And at worst, they could cause harm. And I feel like it's this new fad, but people don't realize what's dangerous about it. So what's dangerous is that these vitamins and minerals that they put into these IV bags, one, are not regulated by the FDA. And so while they're being made, they could be contaminated during the you know, processing at the plants where these are made, and then it's directed and it goes directly into your into your bloodstream. And two, you know, you don't necessarily need excess amounts of these vitamins and minerals. And so most of the time your body can't absorb what is coming in. So it goes through your kidneys and out your urine. It actually makes your kidneys work really hard to process this, like all of this excess vitamin, whatever is coming through vitamin C, and it just comes straight out your urine. So it's not like it stays in your body to do anything. And this hydration, I mean, you could get hydrated by drinking electrolyte solution or taking liquid IV and putting it into your water. So the other thing, and I'm totally on the soapbox here, but because these have become so popular, there's actually a shortage of IV supplies sometimes in medical facilities because they're now being used in these concierge opportunities. And I understand calling an IV doc if you're super hungover and very sick and having trouble keeping food and liquid down. But if you're just doing it like you know, before you go out drinking or whatever it is. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. And I don't know why they keep showing it on these shows that they're getting infused with all these vitamins and minerals that don't even stay in their body. Okay, (laughs) moving on. So this dinner was absolutely batshit crazy. It starts out with this like, casual game of, you know, what don't we know about you? Which leads us to find out that Dr. Jen has been engaged seven times. I need to know more about that. The producers were asking her what made Ryan stick and she starts laughing, but I think it's because she got pregnant. Like she had the babies before they even got married. And I'm assuming that that kept them together. I don't know. Um, Of course, this argument keeps going on about Shannon making a statement about like, oh, who's having more fun, Heather and Gina in New York or or us back here at my cooking party or whatever it is. And this is why I watch Housewives, an argument about who is having more fun. And it just so deeply offends Gina and Heather. And Emily, who was there and made no objection to it when it was actually happening. Emily, 
is such a shitster. And she knows she is, and everyone else knows she is, but it's nice to see her get called out on it this episode. So Heather is just still so offended, not that Shannon wanted to have more fun than her, but that when she called, she didn't ask how her live podcast went. And thank God for Shannon for just saying, I didn't know your itinerary. I was just calling to say hi. You know, so many of these women are so self-absorbed that they assume that everyone in their orbit is familiar with everything they're doing at any given time. And I'm sorry, Heather, but this was not the reason you went to New York. You went to New York because your children were looking at colleges and you tacked on a trip to New York City where you could see family, where you could meet Gina's family, and where you could do a live podcast. But I'm assuming that the trip out east was primarily so your kids could visit Syracuse, not so that you just did this live podcast. Anyways, um, (laughs) it's wild to me. So the ladies keep picking on Shannon, and I don't know why, but I am really enjoying Shannon this this whole season. I find her to be funny and delightful and interesting. And I enjoy watching her with Noella because it's the most unlikely pairing. And I can't quite figure out like what they're going to say to each other next. It's just, it's so bizarre to me. So <laughs> Noella sticks up for Shannon and good for sticking up for her. Like they were pushing her to the edge. She ends up crying, talking about how stressed she is and she's building these businesses and her kids and whatever. And I don't care why she's stressed. I don't even think she's that stressed. I think she's stressed that they're all coming for her. And <laughs> Noella, this is my absolute favorite part of any episode this week. So Noella interrupts Heather and Heather is, you know, pissed off at her for interrupting. Noella says, you can only communicate if you have complete silence. I get it. And Heather is like, well, there's an art to communication. You know, one person talks and the other listens and you don't listen. And Noella's response, I've done debate club. I've worked on presidential campaigns. Now, how did I get through life without a Heather Dubrow class on communication? (laughs) I need to know what presidential campaign Noella Bergener has worked on. We know Candace from Potomac has worked on Obama's campaign before for outreach in D.C. I need to know what campaign Noella worked on. And I'm not one to DM these Bravo liberties. I find them fascinating and scary and terrifying. And I'm, yeah, I don't reach out to them usually. But I sent a DM to Noella. I don't believe she's seen it yet, but I'm like, I have to know. (laughs) Please tell me more about this presidential campaign experience. The people need to know. So uh, later in all of this, you know, Shannon's crying, calls out Emily for being a shitster. Noella tells Gina that sometimes she says things that are hurtful. And it comes up that Noella has said some hurtful things, too. And Heather brings up specifically that Noella has told others that Heather slams people against the wall. And I had no idea that this was coming up. I was super confused by it. I didn't even really know what they were talking about. But it turns out that Noella had been telling others that the night that 
Heather had everyone over at her house for a party and they were serving sushi. And it came out that Nicole Weiss or Nicole James or whatever her name is had actually sued Terry Dubrow for a botched boob job. And at this dinner, apparently, we all knew Heather had a meltdown and they weren't filming for a number of hours. But during this time, Noella is alleging that Heather slammed someone against a wall. And I don't believe she actually saw this happen, but someone told her that it happened that evening. And looking on Instagram and some comments people had made and things she had replied to, it's almost as if Noella is saying that the person who was slammed was Nicole James, which is even more shocking to me. I would assume it would be a production person, a camera person, if anyone. Now, I don't know if Heather actually slammed someone, but I do believe she was physical in some way because we saw her pushing cameras away and that is what Noella saw. She said, I saw you physically shove a camera in front of me and go off. And you know, Heather's calling her a liar. You should inv- launch an investigation, see what you find out. But I think she is so angry about it because there is some kernel of truth to it. I do believe it is an exaggeration and not as bad as it sounds, maybe. But there's something that happened while those cameras were down that very much like they were all these women were talking about. And I find it really interesting that Noella says that her and Emily had compared notes and talked about this. But when it's on camera and they're all having a conversation, Emily's like, that's not true. We never talked about this. I never saw anything. And guys, I need to know what you think. I don't think Heather took someone by their shoulders with both hands and slammed them against a wall, but I do believe she shoved someone. I believe she had a complete meltdown, and I believe she wants people to not know how much of a meltdown she had. So that's where where I what I have to say about it. Of course, after this madness and there's people storming off from dinner and you know going every which way. They all head into everyone's favorite place, a sprinter van. (laughs) These sprinter vans are cursed. I mean, you think it couldn't get more chaotic, and it does. You know, Shannon's calling out Emily for spreading lies about her boyfriend getting drunk, and, you know, they're just back and forth, and, you know, Heather is telling Noella to shut up, and it's just, Shannon is upset that Gina is laughing. It's it's absolute chaos. Um, Not quite as chaotic as the Pillow and Beers live tour that I attended on Tuesday, but, but it's up there. And when they're back at the house, you know, (laughs) Shannon is like telling Noella, you know, to apologize and is kind of coaching her through it. Heather is mad that no one was standing up for her, but I think it's because they all knew she did something shady. And eventually Heather goes to sit down with Noella and we see a to be continued. (laughs) So I really thought this was uh, interesting. I feel like I'm starting to come around to the idea that a 
good future cast could be built on Shannon, Noella, Heather, and Dr. Jen. And maybe we don't need Gina and Emily. I feel like they've been fine for a while, but I'm, I don't know. Emily is a shitster, but I feel like we could get Tamara Judge in there and she would do it, you know, much better and more interesting. So... Those are my thoughts on the OC. So my conversation this week is with Megan Rooney. She is someone that I met when I was in LA a few weeks ago. She also happens to be Ryan Bailey's roommate. She is an accomplished woman. She is an attorney. She is so funny. She is so fun. So we talk Summer House, the Craig and Austin tour, and Jersey. If you guys enjoy the podcast, as always, please go ahead and give it a five-star rating and write a kind review. And if you want to get in touch with me or you have any constructive criticism, you can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. I love hearing from you. Um, and I don't check my Twitter DMs as much. So if you reach out to me on that, it may take me a few days. But I love, love, love hearing from all of you. I hope you have a lovely week. We're going to take a quick Quick break and be back with Megan. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Megan Rooney, a relative Bravo newbie who I met a few weeks ago in Los Angeles. She also happens to be Ryan Bailey's roommate, and she is a badass lawyer. So, welcome to the podcast, Megan. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for the introduction. I would say that Ryan Bailey is my roommate. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> just to be clear, but uh, all the other things are true. So thanks for having me. Excited to chat Bravo tonight. I know. So you and I were texting um, a bit last night when I was at the Pillows and Beer live show. <laughs> well, live show or shit show? Shit show. <laughs> I'm dying to hear all about it. I have notes because you've wanted to know so much. I didn't even remember that this was happening this week. And so it wasn't until like you and I started messaging that I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm here and clearly should talk about it. Yeah, it's like a woman on the street. So, okay. Give everyone the scoop. So this is their first one, right? This was so that is what I didn't realize necessarily. So it was their first ever live show. And let me tell you, it was obvious. <laughs> so it wasn't a live pod. This was just like a fireside chat with. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I saw a long time ago Stasi's live show. And that was like, you know, like it was on. There were segments. There were little bits. There was lighting. There was it was a whole thing. This felt like absolute chaos. If you had ever been to Countess and Friends, it was like that with the audience, like that amount of like kind of ruckus. But the show, the people on stage were reacting to, to that. Whereas like Countess Luann and Friends just kept plowing through. Did they sing Money Can't Buy You Class? Oh, I wish they did. That would have been There were no musical it. numbers? No musical numbers. They did come out to a Lil Wayne song right above okay. it. Okay. And the first, I would say, maybe 10 to 15 minutes were quite charming. They came out in capital, like Caps jerseys. They talked about 
like their time in DC, how Austin was actually born in DC, and he like mentioned the hospital, and like everyone cheered. <laughs> oh, so you you have to take credit for him? Yeah, I maybe not. <laughs> That city's responsible for his birth and what he's brought upon us. Oh, God. But after about 15 minutes, it was clear like those were the 15 minutes that they had planned. And everything else just got more and more chaotic. And they were doing things like maybe not in the order that they had planned. And it was just wild. So Um, were there any Bravo celebrities in the audience? No. No? Other podcasters? Any any other... I so I hung out with Tane and Aid from the Alter Call podcast about Married at First Sight. I okay. did run into Samaj, uh, who is like also a podcaster. But other than that, it was I also was like a loser and was wearing my KN95 mask because I was freaked out that I was like, I'm like, I if if I get COVID, like let me get it from the gym doing something I'm, productive. I'm, I don't know that I would be so afraid of COVID, but more afraid of like an airborne STD or something from, from Austin. <laughs> it was like, I was like, I just can't get COVID there. From this. Like that was it. Like for me, <laughs> I just couldn't. And so, okay, here are some big takeaways. Uh, one funny thing Craig said was he joked about Pete Davidson's My Girl is a Lawyer tattoo, which you need to mention to Ryan, um, even though she's not a lawyer yet. And he was like, I get it. It took me a long time to become a lawyer, too. <laughs> that okay, was good. Self-awareness. Southern Charm and Winter House 2 are coming. He said the drama from Summer House really follows them to Southern Charm. And it kind of, like, that's how their season starts, is sort of as Summer House ends. So he says he wasn't talking to Austin for months. So I think he hinted that maybe Austin has a redemption, you know, like sort of season or arc. Did you give any kind of yes. clue as to why we may dislike Austin last? Austin may be working through some stuff and then get into a relationship and we may get to watch all of it was how I took it. Oh, so Craig thinks Austin being in a relationship is like a redemption arc and or maybe he's versus just like coming. apologies. Maybe I mean he definitely uh, apologized when was asked, but I don't okay. know. Was he apologizing to Sierra? Was he apologizing to Lindsay? Was he like I don't know about all. Remember of that. how rude he was to Lindsay on Watch What Happens Live? I wonder where that was in the time frame. So that was after all of this. Oh, that's even after Southern Charm was falling. Yes. Uh, okay, maybe so it was colors. while Southern Charm was filming. But what was interesting is I heard Craig on Gibson John's podcast, We Should Talk, say that he felt that that particular situation, Austin came across poorly, but that it was really Lindsay that set it up for him to come across poorly. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like how she basically forced him to. That's what I hate when they say like, oh, these women made them do things like she had asked to be in the audience when he was on and her aunt. Right. And so then she he was asked difficult questions, but he was answering honestly, but it was hurtful to Lindsay. But he could have answered in a way that was much more kind to her and not rude. And if he didn't want her in the audience, he should not have said yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Let me tell you where things took a little turn. <laughs> okay, let's. I mean, I mean, so far so good. Yes. They're they on the stage. They know segment. what city they're in. They they did a segment on Will Smith versus Kid Rock. <laughs> Your face Kid says Rock. it all. Kid no, Rock. not Kid Rock. Okay. Sorry, Chris Rock. Oh, oh my I gosh. wish it was Kid. I wish it was Kid Rock. I, I am from rural. I'm from rural <laughs> Michigan. So I was like, ooh, a, a, a mashup. Like. It was rough. It was like, oh, God, read the room. Maybe you aren't the two people that should be talking about this. Like the, the, the white Southern men maybe should just take a pass on this one. I mean, just on this. I mean, I know everyone's chatting about it, but do they have to talk about it on stage? You know, I, I, anyways, it was awkward. Uh, Craig was like, I know it's not popular, but I'm team Will. Cause like, no, he didn't. Yeah. And he was like, if someone said that about Paige, I would do the exact same thing. And there has to be lines that people don't cross and jokes. And it's just like, whatever. And then Austin was like, no, it's like completely inappropriate. And you can't get on stage and slap someone. And most people in the audience were kind of like looking around and like, maybe they should like is like, austin the unlikely voice of reason here i mean that's how i always felt watching kardashians when like scott disick said something and you're like what i just feel like what for whatever reason this like situation from the oscars like a lot of people have a lot of energy and a lot of feelings about it and they're very strong and so maybe <laughs> like talk about something a little Make less controversial topic. I mean, they were, so this was last night, (laughs) right? (laughs) Euthanasia, perhaps? No. I mean, they just were coming off of the airing of a really big episode. If they wanted to talk about things that were juicy or, you know, controversial, they have their own shit. It was. I'm sorry, am I allowed um, to swear on this one? You can swear as much as you want. Okay, so here are some of the questions that were asked. It was a Mary F. Kell with Sierra, Lindsay, and Madison. And they both answered. And that's Austin this. Oh, they both, both answered. They both answered. What do you think Austin's answer was? Hmm. <laughs> well, I think he wants to kill Madison. Yes. That's what I would say. Yes. So as between Lindsay and Sierra, like I would say that he would marry Sierra. Yeah. Know, that's tough. Cause no, you're right. Was I right? Yes. Because I was also thinking about the Frankenbite where he actually said he wanted to eat Sierra front to back. So I thought maybe that. That person was more fuckable to him. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you think Craig answered it? Because it was a little bit different. A little bit. So Which I find crazy. Wait, did he have? He didn't have Matt. Who, who is he? He didn't kill? kill Madison, and that's so what he I killed find Lindsay. To, yes, he killed Lindsay. Okay. Because Paige doesn't like her. Because Paige, you know, Team Sierra. But he hated Madison. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, well. He outed that Madison was flirting the, the with a The greatest Bravo reunion I think I've seen yet. <laughs> was incredible. I, I mean, I'm still relatively new to, to all of the Bravo stuff, but that reunion like was such gold when he was like, I mean, his hair was tragic, but he was so tanked. And he gave us, I mean, he gave us Benefer 2.0 indirectly. He, I, I actually, that is the best thing Craig has ever done. Is get. I mean, I haven't been to his pillow store. He may have very lovely pillows. <laughs> okay, besides, besides the pillows, um, yeah. So he would marry Sierra, kill Madison, kiss uh, F Madison, kill Lindsay. Okay, all right. Okay, 
Um, so the most like, that was a good question. Rowdy part of the night was when. Okay, so when they were doing the Q&A, it wasn't clear that there was someone in the audience walking around with a microphone to find people to ask questions. So, so were people, people just, were just like, like screaming into screaming the void? Screaming them. One woman went up and took Austin's microphone. Okay, so once she What's asked the people question. people charging the stage this week? Will Smith right. just walks on the stage? <laughs> this chick just walks on like people just for people on stage. A little too comfortable. So she takes the mic and goes, where did you learn to gaslight all these women? And let me tell you, the crowd erupted. Everyone was on their feet. Everyone was cheering her on, shouting. But then she didn't give the mic so, like, back to She's the him. person that tells the loud person in the movie theater to shut up. Yeah. Like everyone is like, you, you're speaking <laughs> for all of us. Only time everyone seemed to be unified like the entire evening. But then he wasn't able to explain himself because he couldn't get the mic back easily and then (laughs) Craig tried to like explain it for him like he's really sorry and he's like learned a lot I'm like let him fuck like what Craig is now his PR person right my friend next to me was like let him speak (laughs) it's just well, do you feel like Austin was, is like just kind of slow on the uptick or like that was fair? Because when you were texting me, you're like, yeah, Craig has to like basically talk for Austin. And I didn't know if that's just because Austin wasn't very bright or to me, that sounds like he just couldn't get the mic back. He couldn't get the mic back. But once he did, he wasn't quick to speak. It was he kept on like fumbling over his words. I think he was really caught off guard by the level of aggression, which he should I don't not think he be. should be at all because he knows yeah. he knows that there have been um you know a lot of backlash in the past couple of weeks. I'm personally aware of a change.org petition that has nearly 2000 <laughs> signatures to get him off of Summerhouse. So, I mean, and, and Austin knows about that too. Oh, my gosh. Wait, can you give me the tea on that? Just that Austin knows about it. So, I mean, Austin knows he's in deep shit. He should have been prepared. And don't I mean, I know these aren't mega celebs, but I think Bravo Labs have like at least some PR people. I they do. I mean, I, Lindsay, I mean, Lindsay's a PR person, right? Austin hooks up with her. Surely she could have given him some talking points. I think Austin is not articulate with his words. And there's no other way to say it. He just is not good with his words. He's not able to explain his feelings. And I don't know if he knows his feelings. I mean, he knows that he wants to eat Sierra front to back. He knows that, that that's feeling. not feeling. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a it, it is a feeling. He feels he feels at least he's doing it in the right direction. Penis. You know, you yeah. can't go back. I mean, front. right. Like kudos. Everyone's UTIs. You know, <laughs> um, so the the th- stuff that's really kind of gotten around the the Bravo internet space is that Craig was asked about when he's proposing to Paige, and it was clear. Oh, I didn't see that. That everyone there was a huge Paige fan, and that many of the people are probably people who listen to the Giggly Squad podcast and not necessarily this Pillows and Beer podcast. Well, Paige has been on Pillows and Beer. She was on she like has. an episode or two. And that one was one of, I probably have listened to like 75% of Pillows and Beer. You I'm have? I haven't. I'm a little embarrassed to admit it. I'm embarrassed to admit it. But um, 
the the episode she was on was one of the better ones just because their podcast similarly is very meandering and has poor audio quality. And, you know, I think she kept it like a little snappier than normal. Okay. That, yeah, it, it <laughs> this is all just like, uh, so he basically said that, you know, they've only been together six months and that Paige doesn't want to get engaged until they've at least hit the one year mark. But that was it only six months because I mean, he's, I was watching the Summer House episode right before we podcasted. So I would would be, you know, quick with things. And he's like, just I was I was asking Ryan, I was like, what's the psychological term for what he's doing to Paige where he kept being like, but we're not exclusive. We're not official. But like, come meet my parents in Delaware and eat crabs and play with the dog. So Summer House, this was all last August, right? Yes. Okay. so six months, I guess that is six months then, right? August yeah, I believe it was. Oh, so he's count. So he's third. counting that time. Yeah, he's. It was. Well, I don't know if he officially counts that as official yet or not. But he's probably counting like September, right? Because, okay. Like right when um, that ended, which is when I think they decided to become official. And he's okay. also said that he understands why the show focused more on the drama between him and Paige, but said it was like a pretty small part of their relationship. And most of it was just a lot of fun and getting to know each other. And he said there was a lot of reasons why they didn't call themselves official and all of that, that we didn't really get to see. So he says Paige wants it to be a year. Do you think this is all leading up to a summer house proposal arc next summer? I don't know. But I think Craig is smitten. Like, he is smitten. It was obvious from how he talked about her and his face. It was, we've looked at rings. Like, it was like, oh, my God, you're sharing a lot of stuff with us. But also, like, I find that very difficult to believe based on what they how they've edited Summer House because he seemed, like, very And I think he's unsure. frustrated by how it was edited because okay. I don't think he was that unsure at all. Okay. He was unsure of how fast to move, but not where it was heading. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's um, and that he wanted to get her a ring for her right hand um, as a gift before they started filming Winter House, knowing it could be really hectic there. And he ended up getting her a necklace that she did not like. Uh, but her response was, oh, it's the thought that counts, Craig. <laughs> so he's returning oh. it. <laughs> and okay. uh, she's moving to Charleston for May and June. Oh, that is, a, that is a bit of a scoop. Yeah. And some people seem to think, again, it was wild in that audience. So it was hard to really make out what everyone was saying. But he, some people thought he alluded to that there would be cameras there in May and June. I didn't get that sense. Okay. So the way that you keep describing this room, I'm like, do you ever see the movie Eight Mile? Yes. I'm thinking of like the very, battle rap yeah. scene okay. and like everyone's just like screaming in the audience. And to me, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, it's in this scenario, like, except for people were seated. Okay. But it was that level of like the room. Was, <gasps> yeah. It felt crazy. It really did. I mean, people were having full on separate conversations a la like Countess and Friends where they were ignoring the person on stage. So sometimes people were completely ignoring Craig and Austin and then they would sort of try and get the audience back and sometimes succeed. And then they wouldn't they weren't like quick enough. And Craig has 
He seems very charismatic, and I think he could carry a show. Austin isn't a very good co-partner. Like, he was not carrying it. He was, like, kind of like, could you Dolly, picture Cra- gee, how did I end up here? <laughs> so could you picture Craig in a courtroom? Or, like, like oh, yeah. When you, you could see him actually yes. being a professional? Yes. Okay. Not just, like, a lawyer, but I could see him... Like as a host or something. Yeah, like talk radio. He definitely was the one that was like kind of trying to steer the ship when he saw it wasn't making any sense. And he was trying to get things back on track, but there was a lot of things stacked against him. Um, Any other good questions or answers? Yes, this is my favorite one. He was asked, they were asked for their thoughts on Dumois. Oh, they've talked about this on the pod, but I'm curious to see if their thoughts have evolved. Craig says, I can't, I can't so He's like, well, you know, I'm a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> How one often thinks of these things. If there's a demand for your product, like good for you, but like it's fucked me in the past. <laughs> I'm a capitalist. Between the, the Will Smith thing and the capitalist thing, we know how he votes, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think the Will Smith thing is at all a voting situation. That is like a completely different, you know, <laughs> I, I think I view that differently. I don't know, actually, that Craig votes. I would actually okay. peg right. him as someone. No, I, mean, Austin, I feel like Austin doesn't for sure. I feel like Craig is someone who's like, I don't really trust him. And what's with this 5G tower going up in Charleston? <laughs> like, is that why we all got COVID? Is COVID really real? Like, I can, okay, you know. Okay, okay. You, you think that he's, um, oh, he is oh gosh, a, what's Denise Richards' husband's name? He, Aaron, yeah, Aaron and Aaron Fibers. Felpers. He's yeah. such a conspiracy theorist. The shit that he has said, he said once, this was before COVID, that he heard someone got the flu shot and started walking backwards. Like, they couldn't walk forwards anymore. <laughs> I wanted to be my bands because this is like how is this some is this something that you've come across in your global public health work? You know, there's a lot of reactions people can have to vaccinations mm-hmm, um, and to viral illnesses. Walking backwards only is just not one that has ever shown up. <laughs> well, you know, there's always a first time. Always. Oh, so the Dumois thing was funny. And then he did say, like, hey, if you're going to take a picture of me and send it in, at least come up and say hi. Like, that's nice. You know, get a beer with me. Don't just like take an awkward picture of me and not talk to me. Like, which I thought, yeah, he definitely seems to be a people person. He likes meeting fans of the show. He seems like he can take a joke. He's not trying to take anything so seriously. And um, he did talk about how his book really spends a lot of time talking about his Adderall addiction. Oh. So, and that it's the first time a book, uh, that Bravo has allowed a book by a Bravo liberty to explain the casting process. Like how he was cast. All right. Are you going to read his book? I mean, after going, like, know. do you ever want to listen to their pod or read the book? Or Not sure. If they had a good guest, maybe. Um, it's just a little cringe for me. But I don't I don't think they're like horrible people. I don't think any of that. I just think that they 
Um, they're interesting. I mean, I'm interested in watching their lives. I like watching their shows. I'm fascinated by how their brains work and how, I don't know, how they can like watch the same thing and have different takes on it, what they're willing to talk about, what they're not willing to talk about. The only question that they truly didn't answer was about Thomas Ravenel. Like, they oh. do not want to touch that. And they basically said, we're Team Catherine, and we've been pretty clear about that the whole time. No, I think that's smart. Also, not as timely, right? But it, it was asked. People said, what's what's the deal with Ta- with Thomas Ravenel and JD, who I forgot about? Well, I don't, I don't know that reference. Again, I've only been oh. watching this stuff for like the last two years. And the only show I've gone back to like the archives on is early... I've watched all of Vanderpump now, and then I've done some early Roni. But Ooh, early Roni. Yeah, I'm just kind of like good. only in the last two years. So I mean, I, I've obviously, and you know, but I've obviously heard enough about Thomas and. You have to go back and watch the early Atlanta seasons because they are like so funny. They are so funny. I am curious about like the. Um, the origin story of Kim Zolciak. I watched the really terrible like road trip <laughs> with her family. And I am curious, like pre-Croy, like what, what her deal was. It's worth watching. She is amazing. Watching her and Nini is like electric. And then Yeah, I mean, my knowledge of Nini is like her being on Ryan Murphy shows. No, oh my God, you have to go back yeah. and watch. If if I could give you any one of them to watch from the beginning, it would probably be Roni and Atlanta. Atlanta, okay, is Atlanta. That I think it's so enjoyable. I really do. It's not as dark. It doesn't. At least it doesn't to, to me feel as dark as the Jersey and some of the other stuff. And Beverly Hills is the darkest. It's like. You mean you had a man who was beating his wife who then committed suicide yeah, because yeah. it came out on the show. I mean, that is that is about as dark that as it gets. That is very dark. Well, I, I, I will take your Atlanta recommendation. And if there yeah. are any other ones that your listeners have and want to like throw on Instagram or something, I will take all takers. I mean, Potomac is my favorite, but, you know, take your time. Going I mean, through all well, Potomac stuff. is good because we're only like what on season four or five. Like we're pretty season seven is gonna. Oh wow! Being, so there's yeah. only maybe, but I think I've seen. I've definitely seen a full two, so that might be easier to catch up on than oh, like in Atlanta. Yeah, and it's quick. I mean, the first season's not that amazing. Um, I feel like season like once two- I start something, I have to finish. Like that's yeah. why I watched How I Met Your Mother through the end. Like I'm not gonna let something go. So. I mean, if it's if it's season one Atlanta, it's going to go up to where I started. I would do Atlanta. Okay. And then go back to Potomac. Okay. Because they're not going to so air you're it very, for a you're while. Very, you're very East Coast uh, Housewives. I lover. like East Coast Housewives. I'm, I like Beverly Hills, too. OC, I'm not as into. Jersey, I have not watched the whole way through. Okay. So uh, that's some work I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that, it's good that we've, we're giving ourselves homework. It's like therapy. Okay. I'll it, take it is. Miami was Miami's an easy one to watch all the way through. I just did it because there's only four okay. seasons total. Yeah, I enjoyed this season. This was the first one that I had seen. It was I was into it. I love the so Larsa good. stuff. I mean, OnlyFans fascinates me. So what do you know about OnlyFans? Because I know literally nothing. 
I only know that you're not you, you don't subscribe like, to I anyone. don't subscribe to OnlyFans. I'm unfamiliar with who's on there. I know what's mentioned in like lyrics of rap songs. I'm super out of touch. And is it true that people subscribe for things other than looking at people's bodies? Um I mean, from from what I've read, there's a variety of things that people are doing. I mean, even Larsa said, like, there's like some like, you know, oil magnates that just want to see pictures of her feet or, you know, but I also know from watching things like 90 Day Fiance and other show or or Love After Lockup and its progeny that I think people also will do sex acts on OnlyFans for subscribers. And I learned that from Love After Lockup. Wait. I'm, also, I'm not a I'm not a subscriber. So they'll meet people on OnlyFans and then meet up with them in person. No, no, no. I think like you could have an OnlyFans account and do sex acts and people would subscribe to see them and they could oh. ask to see specific things. Oh god. That you would ch- that you would charge for. Like I mean I, I like maybe like a cam kind of situation. I don't know. I am. I'm yeah. not. I'm not an. I don't profess to be an expert. I'm telling you what I've learned from Love After Lockup. <laughs> no expert. I. Oh, you man. know. I think Larsa says she's never been nude. It's nothing more than like her bathing suits. It's nothing she'd be afraid of her kids seeing. Um, what did she say? She made like ten thousand a month or something. I mean, she's she said a number or more no, than like that. A, day. a day. I'm not good at math, but that that's shocking. If that's the case, like I will go get a BBL and focus more on my looks. <laughs> no BBLs. No BBLs. I'm like so anti that. It's so dangerous. It's such a bad cosmetic procedure to get. It's just not vetted as a procedure. For a day? I mean, I mean, you're like, there's a one in 3000 chance you'll die. Okay. Just flat out die. And that's from people who are licensed to do it. That's from licensed plastic surgeons. You seem to know a lot about this procedure. Oh, I went super into it when Wendy did it. I was like, how is this incredibly smart woman deciding to go under the knife for a voluntary cosmetic procedure that could leave her dead on the table? I absolutely found her second season arc to be completely painful and with happy and Ness and all of the body stuff. And then I also felt that way about Leah McSweeney and her second season of Roni. So I just wonder, is there like a sophomore season kind of like you've just seen yourself on TV for the first time and then you're kind of unbearable that next season? Yes. People try and correct. And I think Leah, I think, is an unbearable human being. And so I think the first season people were semi-charmed by her, but then we really saw the real her the second season. Wendy, I really liked her the first season. I mean, my, my roommate was in love with her the first I season in a way loved her. that was, I mean, I, I never really got on board um, with her, but I thought the second season was like just unbearable. Well, it felt like she had paid attention to what people were saying about her on the internet and trying mm-hmm. to recreate herself to put a different face forward for her critics. And that to me, it's like, well, then who are you? So you're not going to read her book, Chaos Theory, that is being released soon? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not I'm not super <laughs> interested. And it, we'll see what it's about, right? Like, I, in general, other than Jessica Simpson, am not that interested in young people's life stories. 
right? I may be interested in part. It's like you haven't lived your life yet to tell a story. You're like in your 30s. But like, don't you want to read Craig's book and read about the casting process? Like that's not necessarily Maybe. his. I don't know. I feel like if he's allowed to talk about the casting process, then it's at least been vetted by Bravo, which makes me feel like it's been. It's a little whitewashed. Yeah. yeah. I'm more interested in hearing about the Adderall addiction because that I feel like is a really honest thing that a lot of Bravo Was that portrayed on earlier seasons? Again, I've I've only watched about one it, season of Southern Charm. But we didn't know necessarily why he was behaving a certain way. But he basically was saying, I think I read an excerpt today that he was taking, and I don't know like what normal prescriptions are for Adderall, but he was taking like three different 15 milligram pills a day and he couldn't function without it and he couldn't film without it and he had so it was while he was filming interesting it was particularly while he was filming where he felt like he always had to be on and then he was in a sort of a potential life or death situation when he was in the bahamas and he realized wow i need to stop and he did but then as soon as the next season started filming he went back to his old habits and so he talks about what he needed to do to actually break that and to stop using it entirely oh, I, wonder, I wonder if he did rehab or if he kind of just powered through himself i, I guess know. we'll have to buy the book huh yeah i'm interested in that because i we've seen people behave certain ways especially on vanderpump rules and then later it comes out that they're on Adderall and drinking and it allows you apparently well, I mean Stasi right I think was yeah. pretty open about that but like in the last season of Vanderpump when James and, and Max were fighting about their pre-workout pills like, oh my that's God. Adderall, right <laughs> wait speaking of which have you seen Max lately um, I heard on your pod last week you were saying that he is like super hot, but like he was my waiter at Sir like last September, and I did not feel anything. I so he, you think he's been going to Equinox him. with DJ James Kennedy? He's now getting like a little bit he, of a body. Yeah, potentially being an instructor at Equinox, like he looks a completely different person. But like, what about his face? That was not as easily noticeable to me because he walked by pretty quickly. So then we just sort okay. of saw the side profile and the back. And I made a con like both me and my friend Steph were like, wait, did he get attractive? And then <laughs> when you're Steve, the first person I've heard reporting this when Steve so. came down uh, to join us and he was like, oh, is, yeah, is that faces here? by Bravo? Yeah. He's like, is anyone have here? To, we have to talk about people using their Instagram <laughs> names. Right? <You> faces know. <laughs> And he was like, oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, we think Max like Vanderpump or Max Todd is here. And he's like, oh, yeah. Didn't he get hot? <laughs> and we're like, yes. I mean, I guess maybe I'll have to go back to Sir. Like when we like meet people on the circuit or like go like Tom Tom is the most palatable food wise. So I think I've only been to Sir like twice. Well, I saw him at Pump and it oh, was okay. on a Saturday brunch. Once. Yeah, I think I'll be going back to Sir for the next See You Next Tuesday because I still find DJ James Kennedy delightful um, despite his like new girlfriend and recent behavior. Well, so there's these rumors that his girlfriend's only with him if Vanderpump Rules gets picked up for another season. I mean, but that's I mean, that's the thing. Like anyone that dates you when you're on a TV show, you have to probably be worried about those things. Yeah. Um, but he definitely has a type, though, doesn't he? He definitely does. So you 
live in West Hollywood area. We do. And you've engaged with some of these people before. Like, you've seen them up and about. Who is the most similar to how they come across on TV? And who is the least similar? That's a that's a tough question. I I don't know. I mean, Tom Sandoval seems the most similar as he is on TV. Just, you know, like a whirling dervish, you know, very excitable at 11. I mean, to me, like there was no difference of like TV versus, you know, TV Tom versus Tom on stage or Tom saying, hey, after his show um, with Tom Sandoval and the most extras. I thought Ariana was actually like a little like more engaging and bubbly in person than maybe on the show. I think on the show, sometimes she might get an edit as she's like, and she's been very honest about struggling with depression or, you know, with her feelings. So my experience, but I've, I've met her out at like a social thing. Um, I thought she was the times I've met her totally delightful, but like a a little happier than maybe she comes across on the show. Um, Oh, Brock, who I have not spoken with, but um, stood next to at a Tom Sandoval show. Um, He was interesting. He was like, he's just happy to be invited. Like he's happy to be at the party. Like he was having the time of his life. Um, So, you know, a little less serious than on the show. Okay. Um, Okay. That's fun. Those those are my thoughts on, on those folks. And I have a massive crush on Tom Schwartz. I was going to ask. So now that he is single again, like, have you heard what he's been up to, who he's been hanging out with? Um, No official scoop. I think that people are kind of team Katie on this one. Like if you look like Instagram is full of Katie going out, Katie doing this and that, you know, Tom has gone to a couple dinners with like Jax. (laughs) Sad. No, he's back to hanging out with Jax alone. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he wants to go out with me, I am available. He and I have the same birthday. So like when I meet him again, I feel like that's really an in. Okay. That's definitely an in. When's your birthday? October 16th. Ooh. Okay. We're both Libras. And in, in West Hollywood, you talk about that stuff. That's a, that is a thing that you discuss in like birth times. Oh my God. I love LA. It's so funny and so different from where I live. I find it delightful. So I split my, you know, I split my time between Chicago and here and I'm very Midwestern. I grew up in the Midwest. I just came out here two years ago. So like LA is still new and shiny to me. And like, I think the things that like it gets a bad rap for are the things that I find like just cute. Like when I'm walking my dog on the street, like someone will come up and like want to pet my dog. But it's not just someone being like, oh, hi, what a cute dog. It's like, I'm a pet Reiki master. May I touch your dog's <laughs> energy? And like, <laughs> like, I love that. I think that's great. There, you know, there are more candle and crystal shops within a three block radius of my house than are probably in the entire state of Illinois. And I love it. That is so fun. I would love if someone said that to me when I was walking Stassi. The only thing I've gotten aside from people thinking she's named after the East German secret police, because I live in DC, <laughs> um, is one person said that she looked like Judy Dench. <laughs> okay, now I need to like see a, a picture of your dog. And I was like, only, I mean, I've seen her Instagram. Only but when I... she's squinting in the sun does she okay. look like Judy Dench. And I saw Judy at that Dench. moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Stasi is named after 
Bravo's Stassi. Yes, she is a little white bitch. And again, this was pre. Oh, is that, and that's why you chose her, huh? <laughs> Love it. And someone did tell Stassi Schroeder that there was a dog named after her, and it was on Instagram. And she said she wasn't sure if she should be offended or honored. And I think it's both. Honored. I, well, I mean, I, <laughs> your intentions don't sound entirely pure. I would be honored. I once donated um, to the animal shelter I'm on the board of to name, a, you know, a dog after me in a litter of puppies. So Aww. I think I think that that's an honor. My dog is named after a Gossip Girl character. So Which I one? Georgina Sparks. Oh, yeah. I wanted a Blair, but like Georgie is like ultimately a cuter name. Do you say her full name when you're frustrated with her? No, I say it when I am enamored with her. Georgina. Aww. Georgina yeah, Sparks. So yes. When I'm mad at her, it's like, George. <laughs> Stassi, oh, no, um, her full name is Nastasia Bianca. Oh, wow. She, she's fancy. Yeah. Well, that's Stassi's real name. And it's it's it was like a joke kind of a thing. And then, you know, you go to the vet. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> Nastasia Bianca Slotsker. <laughs> oh, you gave the vet the full name? <laughs> I didn't know I filled out the form online. Now Georgie's like standing next to me and she's like, mom, I don't even, you didn't even give me a middle name. Like abusive mom. So So, yeah, no, I I've, I've really enjoyed being here and I, I just, I get a kick out of like seeing people when we're out. Like, you know, when we were at Craig's a few weeks ago, like, I just love that to see like, who's going to be there, you know, like the more D list, the better. I love the more D-list, the better for sure. But apparently Lance Bass was there that night, and that's who everyone was taking pictures of. Oh, and we totally missed it. We missed it. <laughs> we you know, missed but honestly, he it. could have like come right up to me. We were several Casamigo shots in. I may, I sometimes have like celebrity <laughs> face blindness. My roommate is like so much better at it. Like he can spot like the dude from Oasis crossing the street fifty feet away. Like, and I would never register. Like you. No. I saw Kylie Jenner and Kendall and Scott, the three of them walking together. And I only recognized Kylie and Scott. Kendall was right there and there were context clues. So again, not my strongest suit. I don't know how good I would be with celebrities, but I'm pretty good at figuring out members of Congress. Like you board a plane and I'm like, yep, that person, that person, that person. (laughs) I once rode on a plane with Mitch McConnell and he got booed as he sat, (laughs) went to a seat. Was it to Kentucky? No, it was uh, Chicago. Where was I headed? Yeah. If you go to Chicago, Chicago? you'll get booed. Yeah, he got booed. Um, I mean, to his credit, he was seated in economy. He was in they have um, to be. the exit row. He was in the exit row. They're always in the exit row. And they're always in economy because they have to be because usually it's the American taxpayers that are paying for the flight. And so- yeah, he boarded last. So, like everyone boarded and then he boarded. Yep. <laughs> Too fanfare. <laughs> that is hilarious. So oh that was gosh. one politician I, I I could recognize. Yeah, I'm pretty used to seeing them around, but it's just interesting the one and yeah, and members of you know cabinet and that kind of stuff. But that is not what people are interested in listening to on this podcast. <laughs> so I will move right along. I do want to talk briefly about Summer House. So. 
we'll talk about that and then get into Jersey. But so Lindsay, it starts out with Lindsay bringing home this this random guy, Luciano, who I believe is Argentinian. And Paige and Sierra are pissed at Lindsay. But they were mad before. Well, because they could hear them boning. But this always happens on Summer House. At least yeah, it wasn't Austin. I, I, I couldn't live there. I couldn't I couldn't hear those sounds. Yeah, that was it was interesting. But I but yeah, I, I, yeah. So you're thinking like Sierra should have actually felt relief like, oh, Lindsay's yes! in there with some other dude. So like yes! Austin's available for front to back fun. I think she was over Austin by that point. But I think it shows that Lindsay's intention was not just to only be with Austin, that she is just having fun and whatever happens, happens. And like, I think it should have been evident by how she ended the night. Right. And that she, Sierra should have been relieved that it wasn't with Austin. I don't know. Like, do you think Lindsay's just like living her best life, totally defensible? Or, like, or like, I feel like some of the stuff with Austin was a bit performative to get under Sierra's skin because she knew that she was because she's made a lot of comments like she's young. Like, like there was a scene at the birthday party where she was kissing Austin where Sierra could see not the make out in the corner. She kissed him with her eyes open looking at her or at least that's what I mean she was definitely kissing him with yeah. her eyes open whether or not the the face was directly at Sierra is a something that only the video editors will know but like I felt like some of it was you know to create drama not just because it's her birthday and she has young eggs and butterflies on her tits about the eggs they're not young they're as old as she is there's just a longer period in which she will have them that's what that goddamn number means. And it just pisses me off to no end as someone that has gone through the egg freezing process that she is making it seem that both her quantity, her supply and the quality are all of 28 year olds. And that is not the case. So 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 what the number is just that she'll she has more of them. Yeah, it means that she has a a large quantity and long supply. And so if your AMH is high it means that you usually go through menopause later, that you can get more eggs than someone else your age when you go through this process. But it doesn't mean that the quality is any different. Oh, this is this is a medical podcast, a Bravo podcast, and a political <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, you're, you're God really, damn it. Stop you, talking you about your fucking away, eggs, You just Lindsay. give this away for free. <laughs> it's just like, it's so triggering to hear her talk about those fucking eggs, but I am happy for her. Um so, yeah, with when it comes to, like, Lindsay versus Sierra, I feel like Sierra is taking it out on Lindsay, but they're not friends, and they don't like each other. Do I think Lindsay was purposefully trying to hurt Sierra? No. Do I think she had no regard for Sierra's feelings? Of course. Why would she have regard for Sierra's feelings? Sierra has never had regard for Lindsay, ever. They don't like each other. That's okay. Yeah. What did you think of Paige egging Sierra on when the first time I watched it, I didn't notice it, but she was like, you should like basically go off on her. I think, and I missed that in the first watch. I think her and Craig were really egging Sierra on. And do you think they like plotted that? Yeah. Well, I think Sierra also wanted to do it. I mean, she was prepared. Like, she was prepared. She had her talking points that she wanted to get across. It wasn't the right time at all. It wasn't. And it it was 
she seemed to cross a line. And I think Danielle picked up on when that line was crossed when she. Oh, and Danielle was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let her go. Yeah. Like, yeah, I draw the line there. there. When she called people, you have to isolate your victims in order to be affectionate with them. I mean, that felt like, don't call someone a victim in this day and age with everything that's going on with, you know, sexual predators and stuff. Like, that's a shitty thing to say. August was, in August, Austin was consensual and he was a willing participant in all of this. So stop. Yeah, I don't think that one landed, but like Paige gave a good reaction shot on that one. She, there was a good reaction shot. Craig couldn't stop laughing. He was so uncomfortable. It was also like there were three conversations happening. So it was very chaotic. And so I think it's interesting what it might say about you. Like when you first watched that, like who were your, who, who were you paying attention to at the table? Danielle's reaction to Sierra. That's who you were clocking. Yeah, because I think she's the arbiter of sort of, <laughs> she seems to be the more like quote unquote normal one. And when she, like she was listening, she was like, okay making some points, making some points. Okay, you went a little too far there. Where was Maya in all of this? Speaking of like a normal one. She's also pretty, yeah, to the point. I So, okay, question about Maya. I mean, we didn't really see her reaction to this as much. But do you think she is playing both sides by befriending Paige and Sierra and kind of gossiping with them? And then also... That was the first time I thought she was. I never thought she did. But then when she went into the bedroom to say, like, I had to bite my tongue, that was the first time I was like, oh, but I, I guess it didn't strike me as something too egregious. Like, I think she's also no. still trying to find her footing in the house. Yeah. You know, we just I mean, like several episodes ago, we came off of the conversation where she didn't feel included and they had that really beautiful conversation with the whole house. So I think I'd probably give her some grace as she's kind of figuring out how things align. But yeah, that was that was playing both sides in that moment. But I'm not mad at her yet. It's funny. I feel like I'm willing to give Maya and others who are new more grace than I was Sierra. Sierra irks me so much. And I think it's just because of how she behaved last year. When Luke brought her on the show, that was her connection. And then she dropped him as soon as Hannah got in her ear. And I'm like, this woman doesn't know who she is. She doesn't. And so she's like a chameleon who just goes along with whoever is around her. And she decided to hang on a tree with Hannah. Like, I feel like she's a chameleon. She's yeah. I mean, like, not to be a Lindsay, but she is young, right? Like, she's probably the youngest person in the house. There's a huge age differential. You know, like, Kyle's 40. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's old enough to be Sarah's dad. You're right. It It is a huge age difference. It's just like, I don't know. Why spend all your time going after Lindsay? I also, part of me is just feeling more sympathetic to her because of the miscarriage situation that she went through. And it's clear that no one else at the table besides Yeah, do you think Danielle, anyone knows? Carl and Danielle, and that's it. I don't think anyone else knows. Yeah, I couldn't tell if people knew or not. Especially Paige, I don't think knew because when she said, go ahead, do whatever you want, have sex, have a baby. Like, oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that was the first thing I thought of. Everything I'm watching Lindsay do, I am watching through the prism of someone who has not processed the trauma that just happened six weeks earlier. Yeah, I did not even think of that. Plus, how long does it take your hormones to rebalance out? 
after a miscarriage. I mean, miscarriage. I don't know. I feel like you were giving us some facts on the <laughs> level, so, I mean, it's, like, it's, I'm going to ask you this. They don't My ha- nursing degree is uh, defunct. I mean, they don't happen overnight. Like, yeah, she went to the hospital and maybe they had to do a DNC, but you still can have like hormones in your body for a while and it takes a minute, you know? So like there's that and then there's the whole emotional toll. Yeah. No, gosh, I didn't even think about that. That That is heartbreaking. I mean, so do you think that Kyle and Amanda, who are very quiet during this also, are we're just <laughs> grateful that they're... Um, their challenges in their relationship were not taking a front seat on this episode. Like, do you think that when those things are happening, people are just clocking like, well, this is, this is a two episode arc. um, It's not me. I don't know if they're thinking about it like that as much. I think they tend to live in the moment and are kind of used to it. But I think Kyle tends to be closer to Lindsay and Amanda closer to Paige. And that as a couple, it's awkward for them. But during this fight, it felt like they were more focused on Andrea, who was starting to have an emotional break, than they were on everything that was happening between Sierra and Lindsay. Yeah, I started to focus on Andrea, too. But, like, I I didn't anticipate why he was crying. Like, when I saw him getting upset, like... I thought he was upset that they were like ruining his party that he like had put some thought into and was trying to make a touching, loving situation. So I thought he was mad at that, but he actually started tearing up before the fight. He did. It's yeah. I think he's watching Paige and Craig and being like, I didn't pursue things with this Lexi person because I was still a little bit interested in Paige. Now I've lost both and I'm lonely and I'm like, I, Andrea, it'll you can find someone in 13 seconds. I know he really like he's abs. back with Lexi. Oh, he is. Yes. He's well, good for him. That's who he's with. Like he has was like hung up on her. Also, he couldn't even go home. Like he even if he wanted to, he couldn't go. It's true. No, like I was like never like super into him. Like, you know, he's cute and whatever. Like not my type. I don't like guys with all those muscles. It makes me feel bad about my body, but um, I really kind of fell in love with him the last few episodes. Like he's like very sweet. I think he is a very sweet person. And I think because he's suave, we assume that he doesn't, he's not sincere, but I actually feel like he is sincere. Yeah. As between him and Alex, he is my favorite um, hot body on summer house. Alex, who has now been written out of the show, apparently like, I guess he was there at least at Lindsay's party. At Lindsay's party. Also, Jason was there, the guy that she used to date who got her pregnant. Yeah, that has to be a bit of a mindfuck, too. I, I, even if that's on good terms, like that's yes. always going to be associated with that relationship, even if they're the best person and it was handled perfectly. Totally. Like there are songs I can't listen to <laughs> because of people <laughs> I've dated, you know? Yeah. No, I I don't know. My heart breaks for Lindsay with what she's been dealing with with the miscarriage. And I feel like that supersedes all of the other feelings people have. But they also don't know that she was going through that. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk about Jersey, too. Yes. Um, Let's. Okay. So questions. Many questions for you on Jersey. So. Are you more in the camp of like understanding where Teresa is coming from or are you frustrated no. at Teresa like Margaret is? She, uh, Teresa's insane. I 
asked my roommate the other day, I was like, is she, has she always been this delusional? Like, or, in, you know, to borrow a phrase from Lindsay, like, is she always activated? And the answer was yes. And I just, you know, I'm not there for it. Have you watched the real, uh, real housewives ultimate girls trip though? Of course. Of course. Doesn't she seem like a different person? Um, no, I think she seems like affected in both to me. Like on one, she was on vacation and like not with Louie and people with a, a lot of history. Yeah. But I think she seems un, a bit, a tad unstable and just out of touch. Like she's trying to sell workout gear and then she's like demeaning people's bodies. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I found, I found her very unlikable and exhausting. And to be honest, like the storyline that's like, to me, incredibly compelling right now is Jackie's. Yes. I, I, I could not get over how honest she finally was because we all have watched her for four years and it's clear that she still is holding on to these habits and still is suffering. And so was it obvious in other seasons? Like what would you see other than she would only drink when they're out? I think a lot of them do that. There's, there's this, first of all, it's her body is looks like it's starving and she would be like staring at food, but not consuming it. And anytime she was eating, it was like lettuce and just her, I don't know, something just felt very like when, do you, did, oh, did you probably haven't seen The Real Housewives of New York season with Jules Weinstein? Like when someone mm-hmm. says, oh, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder, it usually, like when it's someone like Crystal Minkoff, Mm-hmm. It really felt like, okay, this person is, it's something you deal with your whole life. It's not like it's just mm-hmm. over, but she really felt like she had a somewhat healthier relationship with food and not everything revolved around it. With Jackie, you could just feel it. You could just feel that everything she did revolved around food. Yeah, I thought even some of Evan's comments where he was like, We've never gone on vacation more than four days because she couldn't like that would be too much you know, eating out of control or we would have to call ahead to restaurants to see if they would steam vegetables. And you really realize like or when she was talking to her therapist about how, like she's never gotten ice cream with her kids. Like you also just realize like how this is, you know, truly like impacted her entire family. And like, you know, I wonder I wonder about her kids and how they view food and like does this therapy really need to extend maybe even beyond, you know, where she's starting? Oh, I think she and probably Evan has to be brought into it at some point too, because this is a lifelong battle. And I don't think you turn 18 years of disordered eating around in a couple therapy sessions, but I think she knows that, right? I think, you know, just her acknowledging it. I think she kind of came to the conclusion like, this is a problem. I'm sure off camera, Evan said something to her about how the kids are asking about it. I don't think that was the first time she. No, heard I think he that. said that on camera. He did. Do you think that was the? first I think he time said like they notice. They notice. But do yeah. you think that was the first time she heard that from him on camera? I okay. I so know. this is a question I've always had. Do you think that so on, on this episode in particular, they were like the husbands were catching their their wives were catching the husbands up on what happened 
during the tree whatever event. Yeah, I never want to do that, by the way. <laughs> never, never, especially not blindfolded. But do you think when they got home that night, they actually told their husbands everything, but then when the camera crew shows up and they have oh, to 100%. Film, right? So it's not the first time they're hearing, oh, Teresa got angry. So for me, I when mean, I guess maybe, I guess yeah. I assume that they would, like I sure as hell would. There's a 0% chance I could come home from that and not be like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. But um, I did hear in a Tom Sandoval interview, like being on Vanderpump for so long, like you just knew, like he started to know to save conversations for the camera. So he didn't have to say things twice. So he just like wouldn't talk to Schwartz for a couple of days because he knew he was going to have to, you know, start to save it for the camera. So I, I bet it's on a case by case basis. But no, I could not come home from that and not say everything. Right. That's how Especially I feel. Especially because Teresa's unhinged. I mean, she's unhinged. She is. Do you think, how do you think Tracy handled questioning Teresa? And, you know, Teresa really came at her pretty hard. I don't know. Like Tracy to me is just um, kind of like a non-entity to me on the, on the show right now. Like I just, I think she's really trying to, to be in there and, you know, to get in the mix, but I think she's kind of getting run over a little bit. So you're more on the sort of Jackie, Marge, Melissa side than you are the Teresa, Dolores, Jennifer side. Yes, I would say so. Although I like Dolores. I mean, like I like the Dolores and Frank dynamic. Yeah. And I don't know that, like, I think Dolores is, like, loyal, but I don't think she, like, thinks Teresa's correct. You know? Yeah. Kind of like Melissa. When Melissa's like, I'm not going to, like, create a family fight over some leggings. Like, I feel like Dolores, too, is just, like, picking her battles with Teresa. So, hot take. I mean, I guess a question. Do you think now that Gia is filming as an adult and that she is getting involved in the women's business, that she then is this potentially fair making game. herself? Yeah. Is she fair game? Yeah. Yeah. I think she gets she's getting paid, too. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got talking heads. She's in scenes. She's, you know throwing her eye rolls yeah i think she's fair game at this point i don't think you have to preface it with analogy (laughs) okay so do you think she was fair game last year too less so less so this year 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and i mean i'm not i'm not enjoying her either but i think she's you know she's just there to play a very specific role yeah, she's there to help her mom out. And I think mm-hmm. she loves her mom and she wants to support her. But I think she should keep her mouth shut when it has to do with Margaret or whatever. Why does it matter if Margaret's wearing those stupid shorts or pants? No one's going to notice. Also, I was in Brooklyn that weekend or that Thursday. It was a Thursday that they were filming this. And I knew people that were there. And I didn't go because I was staying with my sister-in-law who was pregnant and we were being extremely COVID conscious. Uh, but otherwise, I would have been there. It, was, I, it seems whenever. So when was yeah. this, you said? This was August? like August like 11th or 12th. 2021. Oh, so this is like while Summer House is happening. Too. This is the exact um, same weekend of Lindsay's oh, party. And Meredith Marks was there. But they didn't show her on camera. Wait, she was at the baseball game? She was or- at the baseball game. 
Oh my gosh. And so, you didn't go. I was thinking like, yeah. who, I'm like, who are, who's in the crowd for this? And then I saw someone had like a Dolores sign or something. And I was like, oh, are these like Bravo fans? These are all are Bravo these- fans that are there. No one is actually there because they, they want to see their doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, yeah. Do they want to donate for Maimadi's cancer research? Sure. Do they want to sit outside in 98 degree heat in the middle of like August in New York City? It was one of the hottest days of the entire year. Yeah. Like I will say, like I am now to the point where I do want to go to like stupid Bravo adjacent things. Like I do want to go to see you next Tuesday at Sir to see DJ James Kennedy. Like I did see Tom Sandoval's concert, you know, like I'm, I'm into doing these things now, but like, I don't know about the softball game. That would have been, you know, less exciting. Is pillows and beer a step too far? Did I, did I go a step too far? <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I, do, I don't think you, I don't think you talked it up. Um, and they're not coming to LA, I think, or Chicago. So I don't know that I'll be able to catch them. Yeah. Um, I think I would be more apt to go see them than Giggly Squad. Same. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, okay, I'm sure they'll be somewhat entertaining, you know, and they'll give us some tea. I just feel like the production value, they just needed to rehearse more. They needed to know what was going on more. They need to have an agenda and they need to be more careful about who controlled which mics because there were also random mics situated around. It was just not... (laughs) coordinated yeah, I would be curious you've got a do you know when their next show is I wonder if you have any listeners that are going and you could have them like yeah you know, report back if listeners anything. if you are going to the pillows and beer show I actually need to pull up where they're going to be I think they're doing sort of an eastern seaboard yeah I know they have I think one sure. in New York let me, let me look up I know they have one in New York City but I'm sure yeah, they're you going definitely, you to definitely like, have listeners there yeah, I'm sure they're going somewhere in Maryland, you know, I don't know, Craig's to, from Delaware. To go to Craig's parents and uh, <laughs> pet the dog and eat some crabs. Oh, man. Craig is, yeah, that whole situation was was a wild experience to be part of. And if any of you were there in D.C., and I miss you, I'm so sorry. I was the person um, just so suffering from secondhand embarrassment, wearing my KN95 mask. and But not suffering from COVID now, so. <laughs> well, we'll see. I took it off to sip my Heineken. <laughs> not trop hop. I, I bet that does taste like actual piss. Yeah, they didn't have it there. And they were also oh. asked, why don't you serve Loverboy? Is there drama? And they were like, no. Did they don't. have any, did they have merch? They did have merch. And it was, you know how they have the, where they like list all the housewives, like Luann and Ramona and Sonia and, yeah. you know, like that. So they had yeah. Boston and Craig and pillows and beer. Oh, did was, you buy it? No. <laughs> I would have <laughs> bought a pillow because they're cute and they I like sort of blues and greens and that kind of decor, but uh, they were not selling pillows there. So when are you going to take your pod on the road? I feel like oh all my podcasts do live shows now. <laughs> um, you know that you don't need to really worry about production value or... Probably never. Uh, also, the same reason I will never have a Patreon because my goal is to not make money off of this because I don't want to have to report it on my taxes. Fair it's point. Fair not point. complicated, and I just like keeping it low stakes because then you know people enjoy and they reach out to me, and that's super fun. But I don't want it to be this whole like 
shebang. Like, I don't want it to get a life of its own that I can no longer control. Fair point. I could see how it very easily could. Well, you live with someone for whom it just got legs and just whew. So, yes, it's very it's it's very interesting to have a, a job like working at an international law firm. And then down the hall is someone who like is truly like the master of their own domain and like completely, you know, it's all on their talent and the fandom. It's very, it's very interesting and it couldn't be more different. Yeah. But, but super fun. And again, it's like LA, like something I find completely charming. I love that. I need to come back to LA. I absolutely love it. You do. And your friends also, like, it was so nice to meet you in person and to, um, I, I just told Ryan afterwards, I was like, you know, that just felt like hanging out with my friends from back home. Like, so that was really lovely. And so I was so excited when you invited me on and to chat with you and to get to know you more and to hear your, all the stories about your dad. Oh my God. So (laughs) I was really honored that you thought to invite me and to have this conversation, which I would do on or off a mic. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Megan. I had the best time hanging out with you and Ryan. I, I told you I had not had tequila in 12 years. Well, you, you made a comment about Casamigos and we just had to keep going. Well, it was one of the things that my friends and I were like, okay, what are, if we're going to drink this weekend, like, what are we going to drink? You know, what's the thing to get? Like, what's a good cocktail at Tom Tom? And then yeah. Katie was like, well, we have to try Casamigos because Denise Richards, you know, she doesn't play. Like, you know, she drinks the good stuff. And so I was like, okay, we'll try it. And it's just funny. I mean, I'll tell you, I did not yeah. have a hangover. We drank I was significantly more than I do. Um my roommate was about to die, but um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he maybe had a little bit more. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I did. Um, but no, like I felt great. No, that was super fun. So you guys have to come back. Yes. And sure. let me know if you're ever on the East Coast. Oh, I have an office in D.C. So definitely I'm come. there at least once a year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's fun here. It really is. Even though it seems like it's boring. It's when you find your people here, especially when you find people that work in policy stuff and also watch Bravo. Like that's to me is my absolute favorite. Because you can make Bravo oh. jokes while you're dealing with like the president's budget request that came out on Monday. <laughs> Everyone's favorite thing. Everyone's <laughs> favorite thing. All right. Well, thank well, you I so defi- much. I definitely will. I definitely will. Thanks for being on and tell everyone where they can find you if they're looking for you. Um, I have an Instagram that is uh, not not Bravo memes, but I have a very adorable dog named Norge- named Georgina, and that is Megan Ruth 11. So you can find me there. Okay, everyone, go give Megan a follow and let me know if you also were at the Pillows and Beer live show. Or if you have seen their shows since it aired on Tuesday, March 29th. That was when I was there. So would love to hear if they have made some tweaks or improvements to their lineup. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.